Good morning again, Orangewood. I want to welcome you here in the room. Those joining online, great to have you with us as well. Um, uh, if you have a Bible, we'll be in Matthew 6. Uh, uh, you can follow along in your Bible or on that thing called a phone, if that's the way you read your Bible. I'm getting used to that more and more. You can also follow along on the screen behind me as I read. But um, if you're a guest with us, we, we stand um, out of respect uh, for God's word, that, that God would teach us uh, right where we are today. Uh, and so it says this in Matthew 6. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Friends, uh, this is the word of the Lord. Uh, You can have a seat. Uh, if uh, you're a guest with us today, uh, once again, I'm, I'm really glad that you're here. Uh, we are in a sermon series uh, called Kingdom Come that will take us all the way up to Easter. And uh, a question as we begin today, uh, what uh, do you dream about? Uh, not not what, what do you dream about in the middle of the night? I mean, uh, what, what, what do you dream about? What are the hopes and the longings that fill your soul? Uh, I remember when I was in middle school, um, uh, one of my dreams was to finally get the braces off that were in my mouth. Um, There was something about uh, the removal of all of that metal uh, that just got me excited. And the other thing connected to that dream of getting my braces off was this dream I had of owning my very first pair of Doc Martin boots. Anyone ever had Doc Martin boots? Uh, as I was going into my, uh, my eighth grade year, that summer I began to dream about these boots. And the thing that I wanted connected with these boots was a chain wallet. Do you, have you ever seen those old chain wallets? You have the wallet and this giant chain that just hung down. Now, don't judge me. Okay, this is mid-90s fashion. And, and don't be too quick to judge because uh, 90s fashion is coming back. The chain wallet is going to be here uh, before you, you know it. But what do you dream about? We all have dreams, don't we? Uh, I know some of us, we have uh, dreams for a relationship uh, to be mended. Something happened, we, uh, something happened, the rest of it, we, we, we long for it to be mended. Uh, some of us, uh, it, it's the, the, the job that we're in right now, we just, we just feel stuck and, and we can't see a way on the other side of what we are facing. Uh, some of us, we dream of a loved one finally getting free of addiction. Uh, some of us, uh, we dream uh, of, of going to our favorite college. Uh, that, that's, if I could just get into the college of my dreams, uh, that would be it. What do you dream about? Uh, I, I remember reading a story recently about uh, a guy. He, he dreamed of going to Sydney, Australia for the first time. Anyone else want to go to Sydney, Australia? I'll go with you. 
Um, but in the process of uh, booking his trip uh, to Sydney, he ended up booking his trip to Sydney, Montana. Uh, true story. This happened just recently. Uh, uh, he arrived in Sydney, Montana and found out, wait a second, this is the bitter cold. This is him there arriving at this very small 6,000 people, Sydney, Montana. And he was wondering the whole time, why was the fare so cheap? Uh, but word was he made the most of it. But this happens, doesn't it? Uh, the things we dream about, the things we hope for, they, they fail us. The things we've longed for uh, don't come to be. The things that we want let us down. What are the dreams that derail us? Well, Jesus would like to help us this morning if we are willing and Jesus says in this passage, do not pray in this way, my kingdom come, my will be done. This seems to be kind of the, the picture of life today in the modern world is uh, the chief end for you is to find what makes you happy. The, the chief end for you is, is, is to go after whatever it is that you want. Uh, Frank Sinatra, you know, he, he, he knew only one way to live. He put it in a song. He, he said, I do things what? My way. Here's his lyrics. I lived a life that's full. I've traveled each and every highway and more, much more. I did it. I did it my way. How does my way fail us? How does my kingdom derail us? Here, here, here's how. Our lives will be lived looking for a glory that will never satisfy. This is the story we read in Genesis 11. It says this. Now the whole earth had one language and the same words and as people migrated from the east they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another come let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had bricks for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said come let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens and let us make a name for ourselves. Friends, this is really the story of the human condition from the very beginning. That, 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 uh, there, there, there's this, this bent system of which we have said, uh, I must seek a name for myself. I, I must seek a, a glory for myself. Uh, glory in Hebrew is the word kavod. And, and it can mean glory, but it, it can also mean weight. In the, in the ancient world, uh, you would determine uh, how valuable, uh, how expensive something was by how much it weighed. It's kavod. And so uh, this word carries with it the idea of weight and value. And there's a sense we want to bring glory to something in our lives. Or we want to live our lives that they count for something. And that's, that's, not, all, that's not all bad. We, we want our life to count. We want, um, as one person said, we want to get to the end of our life and, and it to read, I was here. <laughs> I was here. It was short, but I was here. 
But the only way we can think about glory is what does it look like for me to build my kingdom? I must build some tower. But here's the thing about what it says in Genesis 11. If we seek to make a name for ourselves, if we seek to find our own glory, nothing will ever, ever be enough. You see, it tells us here in Genesis 11 that the tower went up into the heavens. Uh, you have to imagine seeing, almost like seeing the Empire State Building from the ground. And you look up and say, wow, that is amazing. Uh, from the ground, it looks, it looks great. But nothing compares to the glory of God. In fact, Moses, uh, he wants to point out how laughable the towers are that we build. Though we think they're amazing and they look great from the ground, he wants to expose how laughable it is to live for our own kingdom. This is what we read in the very next bit in Genesis 11. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens and let us make a name for ourselves lest we dispersed over the face of the whole earth and the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of man had built. From the ground, from the ground, it looked amazing. You look up and it says, look at this tower. Look at what I did. Look, this is amazing. Did you catch what Moses is saying? Moses says, God has to, has, to, has to look down on this thing that you thought was so amazing. He's looking down and he goes, oh, look at, look at that cute little project. Look, look, look at what they're doing down there. I, I, could, I, had to, I had to peer through the clouds to see it, but, but look, what's, look what they're doing down there. Whatever tower that we're seeking for glory will never satisfy. It will always come up short. Uh, if your tower is career advancement, uh, it, it, it'll feel at times in your life, it's super exciting and, 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 and things are going so well and, and you're excelling and you're flourishing. Uh, but at some point, I understand that the calls stop. The, the, the emails stop. You are no longer important and the tower will crumble. I, 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 you could be the tower of money and security. You're, you're, you're on the ground now. You're, you're looking up at this, this tower that you've built for your life. And you go, wow, I'm pretty safe. I mean, this is amazing. I mean, look, look at all this security I have. Uh, but as we brought nothing into this world, I know this for certain, we will carry nothing into the next. And, and there begins to be this erosion in us of what happens when the tower no longer sustains uh, some of us, it's, it's the tower of, of approval. That if, if, if I can just get to this place, if I can just build this tower where, where everyone loves me, where everyone likes me, where, where all my relationships are totally where I want them in life, then everything will be okay. But here, here's what I know. Relationships have people. I should say it better. Relationships have sinners who are people, which means you're going to have relationships that are never okay. In fact, I would venture to say, if everyone loved you, 
There's going to be some person who, who, who doesn't ever go along with groupthink. They're going to be the one person who doesn't like you simply because everyone else loves you. And the tower will begin to crumble. Some of us, it could be the, the tower of, of aging. That aging comes for us all. Uh, I remember, I can't remember how long ago it was. It was, we were here in Orlando. Uh, I went to Publix and bought a bottle of wine. I am checking out and the gal asked me, uh, can I see your license? And so I pull out and I show her and she looks at me. I remember her name, Rebecca. <laughs> she says, 1981, you look great. I walked out of that Publix with my shoulders back and my head high like I've never lived before. But, but as I was getting into my car, I realized what she actually had said. She didn't say, Tyler, you look great, as I had interpreted it. She said, Tyler, you look great, what? For your age. For your age. And there will come a day where that tower will be so eroded, no one will have to card me anymore. (laughs) They will simply look and acknowledge, yeah, he's old. (laughs) Where have your dreams derailed you? What, what, what tower uh, have you, have you you've built? And, and, and um, you're, you're building it right now and, and you think it's going great. And, and God just is like peering through the crowds. And he's like, oh, that is so cute and so silly. What are the symptoms of tower building? The first is exhaustion to keep up. Uh, you are building and building and building and you're looking over and you're wondering, how am I doing? H- how am I doing uh, compared to them? King Saul, uh, he's um, just become king. He, he, he's got this rival country, the Philistines, and they're always in battle, I guess, like the Longhorns and Longhorn haters that we've talked about today. Uh, but they're in battle and, and uh, King Saul and his troop have, have just claimed victory. Um, they, 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 they were turning home, uh, King Saul and all of his army. And, and this is what we read uh, as they return home. As they were coming home, uh, when David returned from striking down the Philistine, the woman came out of the cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines, with songs of joy and with musical instruments. And the woman sang to one another as they celebrated, Saul has struck down his thousands, but listen, And David, his ten thousands. And Saul was very angry. And this saying displeased him. He said, they have ascribed to David ten thousands. And to me, they have ascribed thousands. And what more can he have but the kingdom? And Saul eyed David from that day on. Friends, there, there is an exhaustion that you will feel with tower building to keep up. 
And, and then when you look around and, and, and you're compared, how am I doing? You feel like you are falling behind. How, how am I doing compared to them? And here's the tragic story of Saul. This consumed the rest of his life. He wasn't able to enjoy his kingdom. He wasn't able to enjoy uh, the riches and the security he had. He was so consumed with tower building that it ultimately led to his death. The tower is never finished. Uh, the Puritan William Bridge called it a wounded and wearied soul. A wounded and wearied soul. Friends, do you have a weary soul this morning? So the first symptom is exhaustion to keep up. The second is we are overwhelmed trying to control. Here is what I know with tower building. We become consumed with our own lives and how we think they should go. Uh, we, we, when things feel like they are out of control, we are prone to being overwhelmed. I'm working through that today, just myself. Uh, prone to being overwhelmed, prone to uh, how do I get on the right side of this situation? Um, we, we, we are in a place where we can fall into victimhood, that every issue in my life is the cause of someone else. And this leads to illusions in reality. What do I mean? Well, when we're, when we're in a situation, if we can step back from our life and examine it, we, we're very quick to acknowledge, wow, there is so much outside of my control, so much I, I can't control. Uh, so many circumstances or situations that I'm, I'm working through that, that I have no possible way to get my hands around. But, but when we're in our life, we can kind of fall into this place that I must control everything. And the tower will overwhelm you. Friends, where is tower building destroying you from the inside out? Uh, where are you just exhausted trying to keep up. Uh, you're, you're a student here or online and, and, and you, you're just like, why are they so much more popular than me? Uh, why, why are they so much uh, cooler than me? Do you even use the word cool anymore? It's slay, right? Slay, right? Yeah, I know the lingo. Um, we, we, uh, we're at this place where we look around at a coworker and uh, we say, why, why, why are they getting promoted again? Uh, we, we, we have these situations in our life. We, we, um, parenting, you, you, you look at other parents, why are their kids behaving better? Uh, what, what are they doing? Where are you exhausted from comparison? Where are you overwhelmed trying to control everything in your life? And here's a follow-up question to that. Who in your life is receiving the brunt of your control? Here's a question for you this week. Where am I tower building where am I trying to build my own kingdom? If this is the kind of dream that derails us, what is the way forward? If, if my will be done isn't working, what's the solution? 
Well, Jesus invites us to pray, thy will be done. This is what he says in verse 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Friends, Jesus is inviting us into a better dream, a a dream in his kingdom. And, and, And you'll begin to see these realities, two things of living in his kingdom. They'll first be a purging, a purging. Now, when you first hear that word, that may sound negative to you, but I want you to think about it from the reality of as gold is put in the fire, the impurities rise to the top and can be removed. And that's what, that's what God is inviting you into. A, a place of, of purging uh, under his good care that leads to freedom. Uh, the second one is we find purpose. Purpose that no matter what comes our way in this life, we know that God meets us and undergirds and sustains I'm about to say something that I know will divide this room. Um, Some of you will want me to have a bonus this coming week. And others of you are going to want my office cleaned out tomorrow. So I know that I'm going to divide the room. I want you to know it's an illustration. Okay, let's put the knives down. But if you walked into the Alabama football locker room, Like, you don't even know what I'm going to say yet. (laughs) If you walked into the Alabama football locker room tomorrow and um, uh, you you walk in and there's a person there. They they fold the towels for the players as they they come to the end of practice. And that's their job. They just fold towels. And if you you went to that person and you said, "Um, so what do you do? As I understand it, they won't say, I am folding towels. They will say, I'm winning a national championship. Now, first of all, that didn't happen last year. So we can say that. But what I love is from the top of the organization to the bottom of the organization, they have a purpose. Uh, They are connected to a greater vision for their life and reality. Whoever you are, you know what the vision is. Uh, We are here to win a national championship. And, and the idea behind that for us is that no matter who you are, uh, no matter what um, you're going through today, uh, no matter if life feels great, uh, uh, no matter if, if life feels hard today, there, there's a purpose to everything that God brings into your life and mine. And he says, I have a kingdom for you to live in with me. Uh, to live in God's kingdom means that success will not go to your head and failure will not go to your heart. No matter what you're facing. Uh, uh, the Apostle Paul, he is a great example of this. Paul is, um, uh, you know, he's accomplishing so much. He's, uh, people are coming to faith. Uh, he's planting churches. He, he's writing um, most of the New Testament, the highest of highs. And at the same time, people are betraying him. Uh, uh, people are leaving the faith. Uh, people, uh, he's being persecuted, um, beaten, the lowest of lows. And at the very end of his life, he's he's with a group of leaders in the church in Ephesus. and, And he believes rightly that this is the last time I'm going to see them before I die. But I want you to hear Paul's final words to them. He says this, 
And now behold, I'm going to Jerusalem constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that by the Holy Spirit testifies to me that in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself. If only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Paul knows that in God's kingdom, success does not have to go to your head and failure does not have to go to your heart. That, that in God's kingdom, there is a freedom to, to live and, and no matter what I face, there is, there is a purpose. How do I get that kind of kingdom in my life? Well, you have to first receive the true king. You have to receive the true king. And, and you have to first see that this is a kingdom of grace. It's really humbling when you try to build your own tower and, and construct this, this, this identity and, and, and you build it and you think it's amazing. And then God says, oh, that's, that's cute. Friends, as we try, as much as we try, we will never be able to establish an identity that lasts on our own. We will never be able to build an identity that isn't exposed to the elements. Every tower that we build in our own strength will fall like Jenga. But please hear me. There is good news of God's grace and God's kingdom because we don't have to build our way up to God. We don't have to make an identity our own. God comes all the way down, all the way down to you and me in the person of Jesus and says, it is finished. Uh, the most secure identity that you are looking for, the, the, the most secure place of safety are in the arms of Jesus because he has come all the way down to receive you. Do you see that Jesus has come down to bring you the kingdom and he is all that you need? So it's a kingdom of grace, but second, it's a kingdom of mercy. What do I mean? Our passage tells us that we're to pray your kingdom come, your will be done. But if we have confessed that earlier in our service, if we think about our week, there are many places this past week, man, my life was not about God's kingdom. My life doesn't reflect uh, that prayer. Uh, my, my life feels full of tower making and trying to build my own identity. I, I, I sit here today exhausted from the life I've been living. I sit here today full of anxiety trying to control. My life is not working but see that this is not only a kingdom of grace that comes all the way down to you. This is a kingdom of mercy. What do I mean? Well, do you know what you call a person who usurps the true king in their kingdom? They have a word for it. It's called treason. It's called treason. And, and, and God being good, holy, and just can't just let our treason slide. 
He, he just can't let it go. It says in Exodus, he, he can by no means clear the guilty. But please, friends, hear the good news today. This God loved you so much that he would take on your punishment of treason on the cross. Uh, this God loved you so much that despite our treason, even today, even this morning, <laughs> that he says, I am going to suffer whatever penalty stands before you because I cannot imagine being separated from you. While we have struggled to pray, your will be done. Jesus tells us this in John 6. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Jesus came down and prayed the prayer that we couldn't. Jesus came down and, and he lived the life that we haven't. And, and despite our rebellion, despite our treason, God says to anyone here today in Jesus, I will never cast you out. I'll never cast you out. All has been made right. And here, here's the piece that's even better. Not only does Jesus cover our treason, but Jesus because of his life, his perfect life, his righteousness. This is the unbelievable good news of the gospel. Uh, we've received his perfect life in our place, his righteousness in our place, as if we had lived his life and he took, he took ours. And so what that means is you're not, not only is your treason covered, but you are, you are now, friends, the child of the king. You, you, you've not only been declared forgiven, you've been brought in and all the inheritance, all the blessings, all the peace, everything has been given to you today because of Jesus by, by faith. The greatest kingdom in the history of the world where you can have a stable and secure identity is available to all in Jesus. I love the way the Puritan Jeremiah Burroughs put it in a prayer. He said this, Lord, if there be but one drop of mercy in me to show pity to others, is there not an infinite ocean of mercy in you? Friends, I need mercy this morning. I, I need mercy not only for the, the, the bad things that I've done, but for the good things, for the, the ways I've tried to earn God's favor, for the ways that uh, I, I give the picture that things are better in my life than they really are. God forgives and God shows mercy. So it's a kingdom of grace a kingdom of mercy, and finally, a kingdom of power. Kingdom of power. To receive Jesus as your true king means that he now has the rightful position in your life. He gets to make the decisions. Uh, when we moved here, we, uh, we purchased a house, and it was a, it was a fixer-upper. Uh, I mean, nobody, nobody wanted to touch this house. Um, and uh, we got it, uh, and during the, the contract process, uh, we, we're, we, we have a contractor who came to, to look at the, the house with us because we wanted to, to renovate and change some things, and while we were measuring around the house, the, the owners were there, and they, they came out to see what we were doing, and why, why were you measuring, and the, the owner asked me, he says, uh, a little miffed, like, why would you change anything? And I'm sitting there thinking, are we looking at the same house? <laughs> Friends, to step in 
to God's kingdom under Jesus's rule means that there are new owners. Uh, that you allow him to come in and to decide what, what are the places in my life that need to be redeemed. Uh, it, it's to allow him to come in and say, you know, Jesus, bring in the new furniture, the new way, how you want this house. It is yours. It is yours. It is yours. What would that mean for you? Uh, what, what would it mean for Jesus to redo the wallpaper of your soul? Uh, what would it mean for uh, Jesus to tear up the foundation and make all things new? Jesus says, with me, there is a power and you don't have to live in your own strength. Friends, will you stand as we close? The hymn, the hymn by Matthew Bridges, you may have heard of the hymn, Crown Him with Many Crowns, is a song of response to the true king. It says this, Awake my soul and sing of him who died for thee and hail him as the matchless king for all eternity. Friends, have you received him? Have you made him the true king? I pray that you have by grace. Let's pray. Gracious Father, remind us again this morning of all that has been accomplished in spite of us. Remind us that grace and mercy and power are available to all who want it today. And by your spirit, enable us to release the house to new ownership so that you can have your way. We pray this in Jesus' name and everyone said, amen.